0: There's research projects showing that, you know, people can eat, include a litre of olive oil a week and it's still beneficial in terms of reducing inflammation.
1: So firstly, I want to welcome the new listeners to the show and also very grateful to you long-term listeners of this podcast for supporting the show. I'd like to hear from you. Is there someone that you would like me to interview or is there a topic that you would like me to do a solo episode and kind of deep dive into the research on? You can let me know by heading over to the platform you're listening on and leaving a review and in there writing in what you'd like to hear from us on or who you'd like us to interview and we will do our very best to fulfill that request. Now, in today's episode, I sit down with Dr. Claire Bailey, who is a GP and has supported hundreds of patients to lose weight, reduce their blood sugar, and put their diabetes into remission at her surgery in Buckinghamshire. She's also the author of the best-selling book, The Fast 800 Easy, Fast 800 Recipe Book, The 8-Week Blood Sugar Diet Recipe Book, and The Clever Guts Diet Recipe Book. Dr. Bailey also co-presented Channel 4's Lose a Stone in 21 Days. She's also the wife of Dr. Michael Mosley, I recently interviewed Dr. Michael, it was episode number 202, if you haven't listened to that already, it was a hugely popular episode as well. And in today's uh, conversation, we're going to dive into how you can reverse type 2 diabetes and how you can improve your blood lipid profiles, your blood glucose profiling, and if you have excess weight to lose, how you can do that in a safe and effective manner, and also why Claire believes it is important to do this quickly and gain momentum and how you can do that while still maintaining some metabolic flexibility in the process. So, without further delay, let me introduce you now to the lovely Dr. Claire Bailey. It's wonderful to have you on the show today, Claire. I really enjoyed my episode with uh, with Michael, and uh, I'm delighted to have you here to come and talk a bit more about some of the science behind the Fast 800 and also the kind of delicious foods people can be eating to get the same effects and benefits that they want. So a very welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, it's really exciting to have you
1: here. And uh, we were just chatting offline there about some of the many benefits. I think one of the things that you were mentioning that's really exciting, uh, and I think many people will be thinking about, particularly as they kind of transition through their 40s and 50s and beyond, is the results that you've been getting with this in terms of reduction in visceral fat. Because certainly with um, if we look at a female audience, for example, as they go through perimenopause, that's one of the things that I know bothers a lot of women. And they feel like there's this change and there is a very real, you know, a change in fat deposition in terms of it moving from their hips and their thighs to visceral fat. Um, visceral fat in itself can be quite, quite dangerous in terms of our health. Do you want to just explain a little bit about visceral fat first of all and why it's so important to to monitor this and keep it at bay?
0: so visceral fat is the is the fact that um, as you put on weight and particularly if you tend to eat a sort of rather sugary starchy um diet it's the it 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 invades the um the gut and wraps around the the, the organs and affects particularly the liver and the pancreas and what happens with with that is it it um it gets stored. The fat gets stored within these organs and causes inflammation. And over time, um, it causes insulin resistance, and you're not able to manage your sugars as effectively um, as you can, uh, uh, you know, as you would hope to do. And that's what starts to lead to risks of getting diabetes or developing diabetes. Um, And there's very interesting research by Professor Roy Taylor, who shows very clearly using scans, that if you can drain that fat from the the liver, the pancreas and around the central part of your body, visceral fat, um, you can actually um, reverse that damage and, and even get your pancreas over a matter of year or two returning to normal function, which is uh, um, incredibly encouraging. So for those of you who are um, finding that, you know, you store your weight around the middle, there's a huge benefit from finding ways to, to lose, that, lose that weight. But interestingly, and certainly I've seen it with uh, so many patients, the visceral fat tends to be the fact that you, that, that, um, you lose as you lose the weight. So it's very rewarding. So you, people can can lose, you know, three, four, five centimeters around their weight waist, even before they've lost that much actual weight.
1: If you enjoy this podcast, visit femalebiohacker.com and be part of a special community of women looking to optimize their mind, body, and spirit. If you're tired of sifting through countless websites and books to find the answers to your questions about nutrition, fitness, hormones, mindset, spirituality, and biohacking, the search is over. I've done the research for you. And every week we go live with in-depth masterclasses, Q&A calls, and monthly challenges to help you transform your life. And when you join the collective, you'll have access to a wealth of information, including deep dive masterclasses and biohacking toolkits on our members' favorites, like metabolic flexibility, gut health, stress and resiliency, and stepping into your most empowered self get access and be coached by me and my team and level up your health, career and life all for less than a dollar a day. Go to femalebiohacker.com or click the link below to get started and I'll see you on the inside. Because it's it's one of those areas as well, isn't it? That it kind of it alerts you because every time you sit down, you feel like your skirt or your trousers, little, your jeans are a little bit tight. And so it's a, it's a reminder, I think. And I think that can obviously have its own kind of psychological consequences on top. So it's really very reassuring to hear. And we're going to dive into how people can lose their physical pads, if they have any, uh, in just a moment. But it's, and it's, it's, it's just
0: Oh, sorry. I was just going to say it is more difficult, um, particularly for women around around periods of kind of menopause, because um, your hormones change the way you want to to eat. You you know, often people find that they're craving sweeter, starchier food, makes it harder. Um, But they also respond very well to um, rapid weight loss. Mm, which is really good, and I think that's an early warning
1: sign, isn't it? That visceral fat, because if you're getting it developing, you may have insulin resistance, and it might not be showing on your blood work. If you're looking at something like, so, you know, I know people that wear continuous blood glucose monitor, for example, or they get their bloods done and they look at their HbA1c and they say, "Oh, it looks good." This is actually a stage almost preceding that, where there's a degree of insulin resistance, and so you might not be seeing these spikes, but actually your cells are not utilizing that glucose properly as a fuel, and it's kind of hanging around. Um, and and visceral fat presumably is one of those early warning signs that people should pay attention to.
0: Yes, so um, it's a very good, easy test to do, to see if you are at-, at risk of metabolic syndrome. And that is if you get a piece of string, cut it to your height, so, um, and then wrap it, uh, when then you fold folded the string in half, wrap it around your middle, and it should, the, 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 the doubled string should meet in the middle at, comfortably. So okay. it's a really good measure because nice, it's a measure, test. it's a nice easy test and it's a measure of, um, you know, height versus waist. So you're, so you're taking a piece of string and measuring it against your height. Yep. And then you're cutting doubling it
1: in half or that's cutting right. it in half. And then you're bringing it around your waist. and should meet. So if you're not meeting in the middle, and you've got, <laughs> it's only getting so far. That would be indicative that you have some visceral fat.
0: Oh, absolutely. And that you know, if you really can't, then it's and you haven't, you know, had a health check. It's worth actually going and and getting getting checked out to see if you are at risk of diabetes, pre-diabetes, and you know, the earlier you turn that back. The soon, you know, the 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 greater the benefit you get,
1: mm. and and profound results, as you were saying there, within a short mm. period, seemingly a short period of time, in terms of things like fatty liver and and problems with your pancreas, and there's all these things as well, there's a, a link, isn't there, between being overweight and increased risk of cancer, certain types of cancer, and things, in addition to
0: type two diabetes. Yes. Um, and along with the, the, it goes along with um, what we call metabolic syndrome. And that's, um, you know, some of the, the elements of that are yes, you, you have um, the, the visceral fat, but it's also associated with high blood pressure, um, raised lipids. So there's, there's, and, you know, raised blood sugars. So there's a sort of pattern that forms that um, can be reversed. So, it in, in the past, we had this terrible sort of sense of, oh, well, diabetes, once you got it, it's there forever. And mm. it's taken a long time for people to actually really recognize and believe that that can be changed. And what are your
1: thoughts when people are having, um, we're going to come into the kind of nutrition plan they might like to follow in a moment, but the people that do, you know, indulge sometimes and they see these blood sugar spikes these blood glucose spikes is it is it a problem if it's spiking you know and coming back down very quickly um i know with the with the nutrition plan here you're quite flexible in relation to it you can follow it for say a few days a week particularly if you're in good metabolic health and then be a bit more flexible for example at the weekends and things how much do you think because i know there's a lot of research going on now particularly by um Jesse in has done some around you know flattening the glucose curve and really trying to keep it within a, a tight range how important do you think that is overall in terms of health
0: I think it is it's it's very important because the the longer your blood sugar and the higher the longer the longer it lasts for um it's during that time that it's doing the damage so um absolutely there are all sorts of elements that you can bring in that help bring down blood sugars. Mm. Um, And and the more informed people are about the tricks and ways of doing it, you know, absolutely the better. Mm. Um, There are general principles that uh, I think make it easier for people to do it. Um, And, you know, that's where we kind of talk through the diet and looking at what the kind of latest evidence is about how that is effective in terms yeah, let's, of let's let's yeah. do that because
1: I think that would be really interesting and give people some things that they can you know start actioning and, and working on straight away. What are the key things if people want to get a handle on that? obviously we know that a very welcome side effect of doing this and reversing insulin resistance is going to be that reduction in the fat. But what kind of things can they be, be doing from a nutritional perspective to help flatten that glucose curve and uh, and reverse uh, insulin
0: resistance? So, what in terms of um, uh, reversing insulin resistance, getting into ketosis, where you are um, using you're your burning um, ketones, you're you're burning fat as fuel rather than sugar. So that's the kind of key switch. Um, and what people find is that when you are once you get your sugars down, um, and You can go and you go into ketosis. People feel better. They feel um, more alert and um, uh, uh, while they're burning, while they're burning fat. Now, the way to get into doing it, we, we combine low carb. So reducing that sugar and starch with rapid weight loss using 800 to 900 calories a day and because you combine those two it enhances the effect and and you get into ketosis ketosis much more easily and you can do it based on a healthy mediterranean style diet lowish carb and that's this is the big difference one that you can people can do it and it's quite sustainable because 800 calories 900 calories or even going up to 1000 you know, is really not a, a major challenge for our metabolism, but it still has that um, metabolic um, benefit. So, so me- no. a lot of these. So what you can. The difference is that when you're using, basing it on the Mediterranean diet, you can still include. Um, you can still include some pulses. Um, you can include some whole grains. And it's those elements of it are really important parts of, of you know, your um, micro su- supporting your microbiome, getting plenty of fiber. Because it's actually quite hard to get enough fiber. Otherwise, um, fruit and veg do do provide fiber, but some of the the, the the whole grains, beans, pulses are a fantastic source. So we can include some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the kind of joyful things in the recipes is that they you, you'll recognize the recipes as normal, tasty, everyday food. You're not having mm-hmm. to kind of there is a perception and I know this isn't entirely action uh, uh, accurate, but there is a perception that keto is about eating huge amounts of fat and eating bacon and eggs and beef and um. Uh, a a kind of somewhat restricted diet so the the joy of this is that you we're we're, it's low carb low calorie and based on a mediterranean style diet yeah makes it very doable and accessible because
1: that's always been my concern with a ketogenic diet is not actually having enough support for the gut microbiome um and also um yeah just if you don't get it right and you're going too high fat and you're not eating the right types of fats I think then it can be potentially problematic right in terms of blood work um so what would be a typical day for somebody who's doing this what would they eat for breakfast lunch and dinner
0: okay um so we in the book we have um, meal plans showing uh, you know the, the the way you would sort of combine um food so for example, without actually kind of looking at, at um, uh, specific recipes, I mean, we what Michael and I, for example, tend to do, we'll have a omelet breakfast, and Mike's favourite one is with a bit of is is a chorizo omelet with some cheese, and uh, you know, and that actually really said so two eggs sets you up for the day. You're not hungry until midday, um, and so then. Nice. So an omelette with <laughs> it sounds really tasty. An omelette
1: with treats and cheese.
0: <laughs> so and it's <laughs> like an
1: indulgent omelette.
0: <laughs> yes, it is, and it and it's tasty and it's filling. And then at lunch you might have soup, um, and then a may, if you're doing three meals, and then you might in the evening have you know a baked chicken. Um, we've got a lovely um, recipe, which which we would we we actually had for lunch today, which is kfc keto fried chicken and it's just sort of swapping you know the starchy batter or breadcrumbs for um using ground almonds and that comes with protein and that comes with extra fiber and then have you know one of the things that we we, we make sure that people can they have as much green non-starchy veg, veg as they like so it's not that restricted and and um people kind of say, once they get into ketosis, they're not feeling hungry all the time.
1: There's many green vegetables as you want to eat, which is great. Yes,
0: absolutely. Free green vegetables. And if they're hungry, because um, protein is such a key element for main, for, for reducing hunger. um, And it's very important. We need, we don't we don't store protein. So you, we need to have adequate amounts of protein. So so we have a rule saying, the 50-50 rule, that in a meal, that in a day, you're in, in, encouraged to have more than 50 gram, grams of protein and less than 50 grams of carbs. And if you can do that, ideally with with significantly more protein than that, and you, know, you can go up to 120 grams of protein. Um, and that it leaves you feeling satiated, and it also means that you know it's protein is vital for pretty much every body function, including your immune system.
1: Mm. And um, important,
0: right? Because ket- ketosis
1: is kind of muscle sparing, isn't it? Whereas the protein is going to help you actually, if you want to build and you're exercising
0: at the same time, develop more muscle mass. Uh, absolutely,
1: help your metabolism.
0: And sadly, the NHS there's an NHS online um, weight loss program. And if you actually look at their recipes, they are so depleted in protein, it's really quite alarming. So um, you know, I think there's a lot of confusion out there as to what a healthy weight loss program is. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I
1: think I think as you say protein is important. The 120 grams, that's because the research that you've done indicates there doesn't seem to be a benefit. Or is it that um we don't want to kick people out of
0: ketosis. What's the relevance of the, the 120 as a sort so, of stop? So protein, ideally you will want to have more than 50 grams of, of protein, but it's a, it's 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 not more is automatically better. So, you know, you going up to, if you're, um, you know, a, a large man or elderly, you need more protein. But if going beyond, much beyond 120 grams, actually it's not beneficial. So it's like saying drinking water is is healthy and good, but drinking, you know, ten pints isn't necessarily. Isn't necessarily.
1: Okay. So, and what
0: about um, in terms of the the types of fats that people
1: would be having? Is it is it like Mediterranean style fats? So things like olive oil, for example. Um, what are the what are the key fats that people almonds things like that what are they including
0: Uh, absolutely so it's it's again going following very much Mediterranean style diet because again that's where the the all the evidence in terms of health fits Um, so you know as with everything there are healthy carbohydrates there are you know with fats there are healthier fats so we use um, a lot of olive oil, avocados, um, uh, we use some dairy, we use butter is is probably the best of the spreads because you know a lot of the others are highly processed. Um, so it's keeping things, you know, things that haven't been highly processed is, is one of the main. Um, you know, looking at looking at fats that you're using that if you if you can use cold pressed, not the hydrogenous, hydrogenated ones because they change in their nature and become less healthy mm-hmm. when they are highly processed.
1: Yeah, for sure. And
0: um, in terms of somebody
1: who is approaching this and maybe is vegetarian or vegan, how would they, um, are there adaptations to them?
0: There are ad- adaptations and we suggest swaps, um, but... As a as a vegetarian, it means using fair amount of cheese. Um, If vegetarians are eating eggs, um, it's and and there's plenty of recipes that that um, account for that. Uh, But they do need to watch the amount of protein and somewhat you know essentially, um, if they're not getting enough protein, it's worth using protein powders and that solves the issue particularly for vegans where it's Mm. harder to get adequate adequate proteins and there are really good protein um, shakes out there in fact the fast 800 use protein shakes Um, the fast 800 program we have an online digital program um, which has got fantastic you know results from it Um, so uh, topping up the protein is is fairly key so The other thing we say to vegans is, you know, they may need to go over a 1,000 calories um, because it's harder. They need to eat more to get the adequate amounts of protein. Otherwise, you're you're left feeling hungry. Mm, For sure.
1: And I guess every time they're kind of eating that protein, it's in combination with some
0: carbohydrate usually. Yeah. That's right. It's difficult to stay low carb. Absolutely. And, you know, for vegans, a lot of – there are – Things like um, edamame beans are extraordinary. They really pack a punch of protein there. But you know, going to chickpeas, others—they're you they're good sources of proteins. But as you say, you have to eat quite a lot of carbs with them. Mm. Is it harder Which is okay to and take,
1: ketosis then?
0: It does make it a bit harder to, to achieve ketosis. You can still be losing weight without being in full ketosis. It just takes a little bit more time and you know we would recommend they go to eating over a, a thousand calories to make sure they're getting that protein. Mm-hmm. And, and just remember this, it's only for a short period of time. It's it is this is during the weight loss phase. And then when people are getting closer to their goal, um, they might want to move to intermittent fasting so that they are doing um, you know, maybe the five two version where they are Doing 800 calories to, to 900 calories twice a week, and then eating normally the rest of the week.
1: And some and that's a good way, is it, of sort of maintaining the results
0: that you've achieved? It's it's a good way of transitioning when because some people kind of get when they've been on. Um, it's just an effective way of 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 um, you know moving back to a norm, you know, a routine everyday. Um, diet and some people actually find that on a day on a weekly basis they like to do one day of 800 calories and there is evidence that there are benefits to to in, you know intermittent fasting for all sorts of other reasons beyond weight loss mm.
1: yeah for sure for sure in terms of longevity and
0: overall health
1: absolutely um you mentioned we talked there a bit about the the rule of 50 Um, You also mentioned when we were speaking offline, I was quite interested in hearing more on this, on uh, the trial that you did with Susan Jeb from Oxford, the Diamond trial. Can you tell us a a little bit more about that and what the results showed?
0: Yes, so this was a really interesting one, and actually, I kind of slightly stalked Susan Jeb, Jeb to persuade her to do the trial. <laughs> she's she's the kind of was queen of 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 this sort of research and um very capable. and she's based in she she she's actually moved now, but um at the time time she was based in Oxford, um and uh so essentially the trial, it's unusual because it's, I think, the first trial. It was a feasibility, small trial, um, looking at can this be done in general practice, and um, uh, with diabetic, with with overweight diabetics, and the uh, using actually rather than using shakes, eating normal Mediterranean style low carb food. Um, and, you know, the numbers were really quite small. I think it was about, it was 33 people. But even with that number, and it was a random, it was a controlled trial, even with that number, after two months, and these were people seeing their um, the practice nurse, they had four consultations, that was it, from the local practice nurse, with a little bit of training, Um the the patient the, the patients embraced it they they enjoyed doing it and on average they lost 9.5 kilos that is amazing wow that really is yeah you know and this in, in general, two months did you say in two months
1: oh, yeah that is just just by seeing their gp effectively for a little bit of support with the plan
0: with with this plan doing yeah. doing fast 800 yeah. um on a daily basis over to over two months or until they reach their goal Okay. Um, and the other thing that was really striking about it was the impact it had in terms of reducing blood sugars and um, reversing diabetes. So a lot of the patients um, significant drops in it to to a he- much healthier blood pressure and uh, sorry um, blood sugars, um, but they also redu- they also reduced didn't need quite a lot of the diabetic medication as well. So it was really impressive and very a lot of the, a lot of the trials are very, very expensive. and this is something that could be done in an ordinary general practice with trained nurses um, for support. Mm. It's accessible, it's doable. And it can also be done, done online. So we have an online program um, for the fast 800. Um, And we looked at what they because that's been running now for, I think, five years, six years, five years. And they've um, we looked at 24,000 data from 24,000 people. And again, that's an online course doing exactly the same program. And after three months, they the average weight loss um, from the online course um was 7.3 kilos which is pretty amazing for an online mm, course so. and there's always people say oh well they'll they'll you know rapid weight loss they'll go back to where they were and worse and you know there is no evidence for that at all and uh, after a year they um the weight loss was 8.7 kilos very good
1: so they actually they lost it lost a little bit more and managed to keep it off
0: keep it off yeah. after a year yeah
1: and do you think that's down to the fact that um a the diet plan is flexible so they can still enjoy themselves and also um it is uh you're getting some sort of quite quick wins and so it's more so less likely to fall off the wagon because a it's quite tasty it's not so hard they can be flexible and have fun at weekends
0: and they're getting some quick wins that kind of perfect trio it seems a hundred percent you know the evidence is very clear that the, the people who lose the work were the lose the weight fastest are most likely to keep it off mm-hmm. um and they feel better and you know in the past i have say, and i'm embarrassed to say it for, for before i saw mike reverse his diabetes my general thing and i think most doctors because we get no training in it um would say oh just eat less and move more which is supremely unhelpful and oddly Mm. enough people never came back and said oh i lost weight Mm. um but uh, it's uh, i think you know the other side of it is that the the once you start losing the weight it's much easier to start doing the exercise so that the majority of the change comes from the change in diet um and but the exercise is very important because it's, it's it's for physical health, heart health, all sorts of reasons. Um, but exercise is a very difficult way to to lose weight.
1: Yeah, very hard, right? Because you're not going to yeah. burn that many calories through exercise. In fact, I mean, when I've looked at the percentages in terms of the studies, it seems that the greater percentage is apportioned to NEAT, so non-exercise activity thermogenesis and that overall moving, fidgeting, things like that. are yeah. Numerous studies, haven't there, than yes. actually doing exercise, whereas. There seems to be a big misconception that if you go and do a workout 45 minutes to an hour, you'll be burning lots and lots more calories.
0: And I think there's quite a lot of misinformation there. I suspect a lot of, um, uh, you know, I've heard that quite a lot of the measurements are actually, they they, um, overestimate the amount of calories you're burning Mm. from exercise. Mm, I think so. Um, and i think oh, it was so. something in the past that was kind of used as a diversion from all sorts of you know companies have a lot of interest in maintaining um you know poor quality foods or whatever and saying well you should be doing more exercise that's where the problem is and and i think that took people's eye off the real issue which is eating you know a healthy diet and avoiding uh, of of ultra processed foods. I mean, really, that is one of the biggest issues. It's moving away from fast food, poor quality food, with little um, nutrition or protein in it.
1: I mean, I think I don't, I don't. I'm not up to date on on where it is, but I think the thing that always concerned me with plans like Weight Watchers uh, when I looked at it some years ago. Is that there was a point system, and as long as you were within your points, it didn't seem to matter too much. You could have lots and lots of different types of trees, right? But you had to stay within the points. But if you're constantly elevating your blood sugar and you're not getting enough fiber, you're not supporting your gut health, you're not supporting that uh, metabolism. Actually, it's no wonder that people then feel that you know they regain weight afterwards because from a metabolic perspective, they're not really healthier necessarily. But then I and, and, and as I say, I'm not up to date, so I don't know where the Weight Watchers plan is. But I did then hear that when we were having, you know, we realized that COVID uh, was gonna be worse in individuals who had a weight problem, potentially the risks were higher, that the government was talking about introducing Weight Watchers into GP practices. Because it sounds like actually from the study you've done as well, that introducing healthy eating with some support and helping people have more healthy fats, more legumes and plant-based foods, as you were saying, with decent levels of protein, Mm would be a bigger way to solve the metabolic crisis that we're seeing.
0: Oh, couldn't agree. I I couldn't agree more. And and it's rather frustrating because, I mean, actually, as a GP, we've been able to to give um, Weight Watchers vouchers for years. And, Mm. you know, and people do lose amazing amounts of weight. You know, some people lose really well. But it's quite hard to sustain it on the type of um, diet That they prescribe Mm. which means that Mm. you're more likely to slip back and and keep having to go back to to lose the weight again because if if it's not the
1: protein right and you've not protected the muscle mass you're not really in a great position because when you you know i think i saw some research i think it might have been dr mark hyman actually talking about Mm. the fact that the average person who goes on a diet ends up gaining 11 pounds of fat back after it right and if you think about it, if you're actually, lo- you you know, you're not focusing on things like protein and healthy fats and you're losing muscle mass, your metabolic rate is going to end up quite a bit slower at the end of that process. So when you now return to eating normally, you're going to be in a, in a weight, in a calorie
0: surplus. Yes. And it's, uh, you know, it's taken, I don't know, how, latest weight watches change slowly, really? you know, it's mm. a huge machine. Um, but for, for years and years, it was low fat that, you know, everything had to be, the fat had to be taken out of everything. And, you know, the joy of, of the research nowadays is that you can cover things in olive oil, that it it makes you feel fat for long. It feels full for longer. Um, and it's what you call high density, um, calories, but actually they last for a long time, you know, so there are good healthy fats and, and it changes when, you know, actually food, if you're eating low fat food, it's often highly processed, particularly the, the stuff like yogurts that you buy or low fat milk is is, is less healthy than the other, other unadulterated equivalent um So you know we've suffered for that for years, and we everybody you know younger generations live in a set, state of fear that you know if they eat fat they're going to clog all their arteries, and the the evidence just isn't there for that, and I think that's probably what Mark Hyman would be saying as well. So it's in terms of you know in the last ten years people stopped eating things like. Um, Ratatouille, because all the oil had been taken out of it. Nobody would cook with oil. So instead of being luscious and and filling and incredibly tasty, it's just a watery mess. Whereas if you bring the oil back in, the food tastes better. And there's so many nutritional benefits from good quality olive oil in terms of Uh, you know reducing cancer reducing blood sugars you know there's just you know a large list of of benefits
1: i think i've seen um research as well showing that um olive oil can help improve hdl cholesterol and even just having like a tablespoon a day which is uh really and and i think dr james d nicolantonio he's he's been on the show former guest um cardio um cardiac surgeon i believe who um has done a lot of Research and articles in the BMI, even those based out in America, uh, has shown just the high antioxidant value of olive oil protects mm. it when you're heating it. So actually cooking with olive oil isn't really an issue if you're choosing a very good quality olive oil. I think here in Europe, we're quite lucky because when we buy olive oil, we're getting olive oil. I think the problem in the US, as far as I've been able to see, is often it cut with a cheaper oil and something yeah.
0: pro-inflammatory, like a rapeseed
1: oil that's highly processed. Mm
0: yeah, yeah ab- absolutely um a good a good i mean there are there's research projects showing that you know people can eat can can include a litre of olive oil a week and it's still beneficial beneficial in terms of reducing inflammation interesting so, that's good um, to know. given it's one so of those <laughs> I, I kind of feel it's one of the bit treats that i've in, in, embraced in the recipes um, and and really just adding some nice, healthy oil is enough to make a huge difference. Yeah, that that protein
1: oh. and a good quality oil combo keeps you very satiated, doesn't it?
0: That's um, right. And the olive oil is um, really you, you need olive oil to absorb fat soluble vitamins. So it's, you know. Mm. Going back, if you actually kind of go back 50, 60 years to a time where we weren't eating this Western, highly processed diet, um, it's, it's a very, it's it, it it's quite a good check, checking back and seeing how they've eaten for millennia, and often a lot of the wisdom is in how they, they in have eaten. Yeah, yeah uh, I think so,
1: return to ancestral or ancestral yeah. practices. What about um butter? So you mentioned there, you know, obviously that small amounts, but broad, more broadly speaking, like things like cheese, um, saturated fats. I know, for example, when I've looked at people's genetic reports, some people are more sensitive to saturated fats. Do you advocate while the fats on the diet are high that predominantly they're coming from things like? Avocado oil, olive oil, avocados, walnuts, yes. uh, flax, you know, things like that. And that the, there isn't a high proportion, which is kind of always dubbed the dirty keto, isn't it? That you have just, you know, lard and bacon and <laughs> those. Yes.
0: Kind of things. Uh, you know, to be honest, I, th- I think, you know, a bit of lard, some ghee here and there. I'm really not too worried about it. I don't tend to sort of actively promote it, but I'm, I'm, uh, you know some fat healthy natural unprocessed fat on the whole um quite relaxed about it when it comes to you know if you think a pile of lovely steamed say Cavallonero, nero which say i had for lunch today and a dollop of of butter on it nice generous dollop how much of a difference does that make it means you eat the greens and you enjoy them you <laughs> know so- the fat
1: soluble vitamins right so
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So taste better. It, and they taste better. And that's, you know, it's all a big package, isn't it? And so mm-hmm. so we're kind of um when it comes to dairy, kind of in moderation, you know, it's not a huge amount of it, and it's how you use it, and um you know, full fat Greek yogurt, full fat milk, cheese, got protein in it, all sorts of calcium, lots of other nutrients. Um, so you know, I think one of the joys about being able to do get into ketosis with um, with a, a degree of calorie restriction is that you can eat much more normal food.
1: Mm, yeah, which makes it more sustainable.
0: Mm. Um, and, and the key so is much. sustain the key is being sustainable. Isn't
1: it? Absolutely. Before you go, I was going to, and before you link to where people can find the cookbook and, and, and everything and all of your work, I was going to ask you, remember when uh, Michael came on the show, he said to me that he persuaded you into keeping the house temperature at, at 16 <laughs> degrees or was it 18 degrees or something? And I was just curious, given that we're recording this in January, whether he was as into the cold as he is? I guess. Would find you in an ice
0: bath or something like that? <laughs> Very good question. What 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 temperature is it now? To be honest, I kind of ran with him on it. There was a bit of grumbling at first and then I bought into it. And, you know, there was a kind of, it was also, we have some lovely um, Ukrainian family living with us. And, you know, their their family were our oh, are in the war zone and often without heating or lights and it kind of just sort of made you think actually while I was grumbling about it really you know actually keeping the the the, it down to 16 degrees actually isn't too bad and I don't notice it now. So uh, at first I kind of found we were going around switching it off. So was, he was switching it off and I was switching it on. But we've come to a good, it's <laughs> a bit warmer now, now, but we've come to a, a good agreement. Though I did put a piece of sellotape over the thermostat to make sure that it didn't switch it further down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Presumably now you've developed a bit more brown fat, right, which is keeping you warm. Probably. Time. Like the
0: divers. <laughs> You don't realise I've got thermal slippers and all the rest of it. No, I'm and everything
1: else on.
0: <laughs> comfortable now. Oh, amazing. Well, it's been really fun talking
1: to you. And thank you for sharing all of the research and everything here. Uh, I know the recipes are absolutely delicious. The whole kind of plan is explained in, in your latest book. Um, and also people can use the online programme, which also shows from a research perspective, it has really good compliance rates as well. Please share, uh, Dr Bailey, where can people find more about you, about the book, the
0: programme and everything else? And can I um, suggest that they people might like to um, look at my Instagram, I'm Dr. Claire Bailey without an eye. And you can see me making lots of the ref- recipes and trying things out and Mike doing his, um, you know, get back to normal after new year, um, see how he's progressing. So do join me on Instagram if you can. It's been a pleasure. And that's it, Dr. Claire Bailey, is it? on? Dr. Claire, as in D R Claire, C L A R E Bailey. We will link to that in the show notes and the book and
1: everything else, the programme. Thank, thank you. you so much for coming on the show. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's show and for your interest in health optimization for high performance. If you're new to my podcast, you may be interested to know that you can get a free health score and report complete with personalized recommendations on how to optimize your sleep, nutrition, fitness, and resilience in the top link in the show notes below. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Links to everything we talked about are also in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for more.